What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1156 of Ask Pat 2.0. What you're about to listen to is a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. So consider this like a free coaching session, except today we're talking with Margie Kemper, who is a mixed media artist, and she's interested in starting a podcast, but not just doing it on her own. She wants to do it with another person in the same space as her. However, there's a lot to consider when it comes to starting a podcast with another person, more than just scheduling and making sure you're both committed to it. I mean, there's a lot of things when you both have different products to offer, who owns the email list, who might you send people to and where, and there's a lot to talk about. So that's exactly what we're gonna talk about today, talking about all the things that might happen so we can get things on paper and make it work. Here she is, Margie Kemper from margiekemper.com. That's M-A-R-J-I-E. K-E-M-P-E-R dot com. Here we go. Margie, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Pat. I'm excited to help out, but first, and I'm sure the audience would love to know too, tell us about yourself, Margie, and what it is that you do. Sure. I live in New York, and I'm a mixed media artist, and I've been teaching classes online and nationwide for many years, but I switched this year to a membership model. And with that, I'm looking into starting a podcast. Very cool. Exciting. Tell us, when did you get online and, and what's it been like to serve this worldwide audience through mixed media? Well, I started blogging in 2011. And back then there were chat rooms and strange places to connect with people. <laughs> I would participate in a lot of online art challenges where I would upload a project and participate in whatever manufacturer was having a, a contest, basically. And it led to starting the blog and that led to people saying, oh, this is good. I'd like to learn how to do this. And so I approached a couple of local stores. And at that time, it was rubber stamp stores in Connecticut and Manhattan. And I taught that way for a few years. And then I started traveling and got to teach at some big conventions and retreats. And it just sort of skyrocketed. And then I I was picked okay. up by a company called Craftsy. They do probably over a thousand craft and cooking classes. And so that just kind of opened up the whole world to, wow, I can reach so many more people doing it online. And that was what I got very excited about. That's so incredible. What would you say of all the different kinds of art that you do would be your specialty? Like if we could only learn one type of art from you, what would it be? It would be art journaling. So it's working in a book and sometimes people include words and sometimes it's just visual. It's usually a lot of different paints and inks and stencils and a lot of layers of colors. I'm kind of known for the blending of color and people like taking classes in that in particular because they get challenged on not making mud, so to speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everything just turns to brown sometimes when, <laughs> That's he, right. when he makes all these colors together, at least when my kids paint, because it looks good at the start and then they keep going. Like I, I tell them, like, just stop. And they're like, no, more paint. Anyway. That's super cool. Did you happen to catch the one of the latest episodes of the Smart Passive Income podcast with Sam and Joe about their mom and how she's helping people with stitching? And, and it's a different form of artwork, but they built a membership site too. Did you happen to catch that one? I didn't hear that one. I'll be sure to go back and listen. Cool. So that might help with some membership related stuff. How long have you had your membership site for and what's it like in there? It's great. I've had it since May and I have about 300 people. And they have helped inform how I'm going with it. So I've 
tweaked one big part, which was our monthly Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And in, at first it was very social. And then I realized they wanted more instruction and more demonstration from me. So now it's pretty, it's not formal, but it's more structured. Whereas uh, in the first 15 minutes, I'll demonstrate something and we have a theme for the month. So then I open it up and they they know ahead of time they can ask questions in the Facebook group or they can ask them live on the call. And that has been fantastic. So it's listening to them and asking for their feedback, which is what you always talk about. Ask what people want. And um, yeah, I, I really love this membership model. I can't see going back to one-off classes after doing this because <laughs> I get to know everyone with that recurring right. contact. It's great. I love it. Well, great job. Tell us where to go to find it. Like, what's the URL? How can we find your stuff? Sure. So it's learning.margiekemper.com. Perfect. We'll have the links and all that stuff available. And I'll make sure it's clear where people can go after listening to the show. But let's dig in. I'd love to know more about what you might need help with. You'd, you had said a key word that always perks my ears, and that's the word podcast. Is that sort of in the realm of what we're going to talk about? I would love to. So in the process of learning how to do the membership site, I reconnected with someone who I knew from back in that early 2000 time with the, the chat rooms. Mm -hmm. And she also has a membership site. And so we have connected in the last six months and we're talking regularly and Zooming regularly. And we love talking about art. She serves a different community. Hers is a bookbinding group. So we have similar audiences, but we teach different things. And we both love all the behind the scenes things related to running a business. So the email marketing and all of those kinds of things. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to get together and have these conversations recorded, make it a podcast and talk about the things that excite us. So it, for us, it's the creativity, the community and the business side. And so that's what we're looking to do in quarter one of next year. And one of the things that I was stuck on and the reason I applied to you is with two different people having different offers, will that get too confusing on a podcast? It can be. It can be for sure. But I think it's really important that we have a discussion with your co-hosts now about sort of what the rules are going to be or kind of what the rhythm and, and concert is going to be between the two brands. And that's not to say don't do this because it does add complication. But at the same time, when it's at least thought about ahead of time, then we can start to imagine and start having discussions now before it starts to become a, well, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Okay, well, then I'm going to do this. And then it starts to not go so well. So you're having conversations already. This could be a topic of an upcoming conversation. And what I would do is just kind of pretend like you're building it now. Like I think that coming up with episode ideas now can help you prepare and also just considering, okay, like when we want to pitch our things, what's that going to be like? I don't know what's comfortable for you. What's comfortable for you, right? I'm not, I can't tell you exactly what to do because you guys have a relationship and, and, I, and I'm on the outside, but I can just tell you that having those conversations early on is going to be really key. Coming up with all the different scenarios is going to be really key, much like when people form some sort of partnership in a business, right? Like, well, what happens if a person wants to leave the business? That's best to be talked about up front. And I, I would have both of you talk about that too. What if one of you gets tired of the podcast? Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be sort of upset at the person? Like, okay, let's talk about these things now. And it's just like any relationship, right? You just want to make sure we we talk about it up front. So that's definitely something I would recommend. And I don't know about, about you and you can tell me how you feel, but sometimes people get very scared to talk about these things. How are you feeling in terms of just, okay, well, let's, let's actually start planning and, and considering the scenarios and talk about what might happen. You know, there's a lot of great, exciting things that can happen with having a co-host, right? It's, it's a lot of fun. And we'll talk about some of those benefits in a minute. But you know, sometimes you might worry about some things. Are there any particular things that you're just, well, I'm not sure about this or you might be a little worried about? 
Yes, I think one of the things that concerns us is sharing an employee. So we've talked about sharing expenses, but we will Mm. be outsourcing some of the work related to the behind the scenes post-production work. And so we're keeping track of expenses. You know, we've already incurred some as we're getting ready, but there's that whole thing about who communicates with the person and, and just sharing the workload, especially after we've rekindled this friendship. You know, I really want everything to to be spot on and would hate to have some of the nitty gritty that's part of business get between us. I think that's right. really a big concern. Yeah. I mean, that's very important to think about. Imagine like you're growing an email list. Who owns that list? Who is allowed to send emails to that list? Like, again, these are sort of rules that have to be figured out ahead of time and ideally put on paper, right? Just so so it's clear and it's known. And should something go crazy later down the road, which I hope doesn't, you at least have some proof on this is what we discussed. This is what we talked about. And then having sort of a clause in there that says, you know, whenever there's something that we hadn't talked about that happens, we're going to formally meet about it and, and discuss it and, and come to an agreement with both parties in mind and, and everybody's best interest at heart. In terms of expenses, right, I definitely think that if there's sort of a 50-50 split on, on things, both parties understanding sort of what needs to be done and, 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 and for what, I think the idea of, you know, you could, if you wanted to, make it literally a separate business that on the tail end could clean things up, right? Here's a separate business. We both put the same equal amount of money into it or now the business expenses are from the business itself and this gets treated like something separate. But that does also add a lot more cost and expense. It can become maybe too formalized and it doesn't become fun anymore sometimes when it's done that way. So there has to be definitely a balance. But you know, the same thing happened with me and uh, my partner Caleb on our little invention, the SwitchPod. And again, it was just communication, literally a formalized uh, meeting where it was like, okay, like who's going to do what? Who's going to answer questions when they come in? And then, okay, Caleb's like, okay, that'll be me. Okay, well, who's going to be in charge of the Amazon store? Okay, well, I'll, I'll own that since you're owning that other hard part. Okay, and then it's just like going down the list and and then, you know, a month goes by and something new comes up. We're like, hey, we hadn't discussed this okay, well, let's, you know, I'll volunteer and do that. Or, hey, if you wanted to do that, I'll pick up this instead. Or the next time this happens, I'll, I'll get it. It's going to be hard to predict everything that can happen. But again, just having a understanding from both sides of we're going to figure this out together and, and remembering why you're doing this is going to be important too. Because sometimes when we partner with somebody like that, we forget about what got us excited about it in the first place. And I think that if we could always tie that back into these conversations or, when you meet on your podcast and chat, as long as you're having fun and you're still enjoying it, then that's what's most important. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I picked up from one of your prior episodes was you were coaching someone who was a little bit nervous about getting started. And you said to her, it could be a series. So we've been thinking of it that way. We could just do 13 episodes. And then if that works out well, we do another 13 and we've done half the year. And it doesn't have to be that forever commitment to it. So we can still keep the fun and the excitement of it. And if it doesn't work out, we had an experiment and that's great. Exactly. I love that. So maybe more of a seasonal approach, right? So season one, 13 episodes, you record it, you love it, you have fun, you work out all the kinks, you make a bunch of mistakes, you figure out the thing you forgot to talk about and then come together and decide, all right, can we do this on the second half of the year like we did the first half of the year or however often you want to do that? I I think that's really smart. And for the audience's uh, purpose, let's 
keep them informed up front that there is sort of seasonality. Let them know that, you know, hey, we're going to go 13 episodes, whether you do a Netflix approach and come out with all of them at the same time, which I actually wouldn't recommend. But you could still let people know, hey, we're going to go weekly until this date and we're going to have a big final episode to wrap all this together. So make sure you hit subscribe now and you kind of lead into it and you get people excited and then the big finale and then, of course, making sure people know when the next one might be coming. Hey, we're going to work together to improve the show. We'll let you know sort of in between seasons what's happening. You might come out with, after you decide to do it again, an episode that says, hey, guys, we come together and here's what's happening next month when the next season comes out. We just wanted to give you a little teaser for it. Or you can just say, you know what, we're, we're taking a pause for now, but we appreciate your feedback and we'll come back when we can. We'll let you know. And that way you have options. I love like that. That sounds great. Can I ask your opinion about the content, about the three different categories we're thinking of? So these are the things that we talk about all the time. So it's the creativity and the community. And that ties into both of our memberships. So we thought we could have members on occasionally as, as guests to interview and that sort of thing. But then that business part of it, I feel like it's such a limited audience. Hmm. It's, it's our kind of people, right? It's the people who juggle all these different things. So I think it's okay as part of it. And I think the other people who are not business owners, but who are into art would be interested. But I wonder if we're stretching too much with the three categories. What I would recommend is in your first season, have an episode about that and be honest and ask if this is something they want to learn more of for the audiences that are there. So instead of just guessing, I mean, we're not going to know until you do it. So I just say, do it, do it well, do it in the way you want to, and then just gauge what the reaction is going to be and see what it's like. And you might find that you're going to have a majority of the people say, you know what, that's not really why we're here and we want more of this. Okay, great. You set it up without uh, expectation that this was going to be, again, a forever thing and you're learning and growing as you go, just like you're learning in your community and your audience is offering you feedback in the same way. So I would have that same sort of approach. On the other hand, you might find that people didn't know they wanted this information and they're going to want more, in which case you can go the opposite way or maybe it might not fit perfectly in there, but maybe you have a separate sort of bonus series or something in the membership specifically for people or something different just for those people, right? You you begin to understand the different pockets of people. But when your podcast comes out, you're not going to really know, but just go full on as if it was going to be there in the way that you would want to do it so you can get actual real feedback on it. Okay, that sounds great. What's the name of the show going to be? I'm curious. It's called Real Talk About Creativity. Nice. I love it. And your co-host's name? Her name is Allie Manning. Her specialty is um, vintage bookbinding. So she teaches all kinds of bookbinding techniques. You know, I could see a scenario where the podcast is up and you develop these really amazing super fans who are listening to every episode. You know, they love it. And then, uh, you know, season two comes out. And at at the end of season two, you release a bound book with art supplies, bound from her perspective, art from yours, and you have your own product. I can imagine that happening. I don't wow. know. That just came to mind. And I don't want you to like get squirrel syndrome and go down that direction too soon, but just like, wow, there's so many cool things that you can both do together. I think those things complement each other very well. That is fascinating. We've talked a lot about different collaborations and possibilities, but that's, uh, I like your big thinking, your big picture <laughs> thinking. That's That's what I love about listening to your podcast. You always come up with something and and people are like, wow. (laughs) Well, I'm not afraid to share dumb ideas. And honestly, some of the ideas I come up with are absolutely ridiculous. But every once in a while, I can come up with a good one. And, you know, we don't know if it's going to work or not. And in a very similar way, maybe you can launch it in a 
controlled manner, just like your podcast, right? Hey, we'll we'll try it and see what happens. Maybe you take a pre-order for it to see if anybody even is interested in it. And if not, then no worries, no need to build it. And if people are interested, then you can take those next steps too. So I love this theme of like micro-testing. I love this theme of listening and, and getting feedback. And then also on top of that, thinking big and seeing what the possibilities might be all while remaining, having fun and being friends and just you know, enjoying the process along the way. Sounds terrific. May I ask you one more question? You can ask me as many as you'd like <laughs> for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Going back to that whole call to action idea and not overwhelming people. I've heard a couple of people, podcasts like Amy Porterfield will often have, this podcast is sponsored by, and then she'll name one of her courses. Do you feel like that's something where we could sort of insert the idea of our memberships? Maybe we would alternate. I think the main call to action is always subscribe and leave a review, right? For working in our, our own memberships, maybe we alternate and, you know, one week it's the Vintage Book Club is sponsoring this and one week it's Mixed Media Art Membership Group is sponsoring this. Yeah, you could take a, a, a couple of different approaches. I would say that within every episode, you have at least the subscribe call to action. Just make that a usual thing. It's okay if people have heard it before. People are used to just hearing that and people who are new, you're giving them the right call to action. Subscribe so you can listen to more. The reviews one, I would actually save because maybe every once in a while popping it in there, but there's a lot of friction to go and leave a review for a show. And sometimes asking when a person just subscribes for the first time is kind of a lot to ask for. So I often recommend trying to get a more organic approach and also a more direct approach to getting reviews. My favorite strategy is to on social media or through my email list to have people first reply to say what their favorite part about the latest episode was or had they listened to the latest episode. And then I can reach out to them individually, personally, and then they get a message from the host of the show going, hey, thank you for listening. And by the way, if you have a quick minute, might you leave a review? That, that always gets a much better response. And now I'm not blasting an, an additional call to action that doesn't actually get a lot when it's broadcasted on the show in that way. So just a little tip for you when collecting reviews later, the more personal route does go a long way. And it feels special to hear from a podcast host. I know because when I've heard back from hosts that I reach out to, it's always an incredible feeling for sure. Beyond that, there are some approaches that you can take with the products. Number one, you can take this, you know, hey, this episode is brought to you by insert name of your own product here, right? And that, and that works and you and your partner could switch back and forth or you can have the episodes that are more toward your spectrum, have that product be featured there and then maybe other episodes that are more toward your partner's spectrum, maybe the product is more mentioned there. And it's not necessarily a, you know, A, B, A, B, A, B situation, but, you know, maybe it's A for the A episodes and B for the B episodes. So you can take that approach. But here's the third approach that I would take that honestly has worked really well for me and for many other people for promoting things on a podcast. Inviting students or members onto the show and showing off their transformation, making them look like the hero of the story. And this is something that's very powerful. Our platform, our podcasting platform is a great place to showcase story. And when you can combine the transformation, the story, the lessons learned, the experience, the wisdom, whatever it might be from a member of the community, now people from the outside of the community are like, oh my gosh, this is like the caliber of people that are here. Or wow, look at what the membership did for this person and how they went from A to Z with just three months of membership, like I wanna join now, right? So you can have selling happen without actually selling because 
honestly, when you bring your members on and your students on and the success stories come through, they're gonna do a way better job of selling your stuff than we ever could because we're pitching our own stuff. But when you have this person come on, and it's not a testimonial, like you don't bring them on to say, hey, tell me why my membership is awesome. You bring bring them on and go like, how did you get started with this? And what were some of the big struggles that you had? What were the biggest challenges? How did you overcome that? Naturally, through the conversation, your program, your partner's program or whoever is gonna just come up as the solution. And then everybody on the outside is like, wow, okay. All the things that I thought about that were, that doubts like are not true because this person is obviously somebody who's just like me. And that's how I would approach every once in a while the platform, the podcast. It's not just a platform for you and your co-hosts. It's also a platform for your members and students as well. That sounds wonderful. And I think especially now with people being at home for the most part, Mm -hmm. I'm finding that when they join the community, they are so happy to have art friends. I'm sure it's like that no matter what your niche is, but I've been overwhelmed by how isolated people are feeling how much this means to them. And and they're saying things like what you're saying. I would, I would hope that if I had them on the show, they would say about how it's changed their lives to have this be a part of it. So that sounds terrific. What do you think about mentioning COVID in general? I mean, this could be going for, uh, unfortunately. Quite a while. Yes. Yeah, here in the US at least. Um, I think taking an honest, authentic and empathetic approach is really the answer. You know, I know some people in the online marketing space who I really don't want to hang out with who say things like, yo, this pandemic is crazy. You better do this now or else it might get even worse. And, you know, now's your chance. You can get rich during this time. It's like, that's not making me feel good when they talk about it in that way. But it is here and it is on everybody's mind. But if we can share how what we are creating or what we're doing or the information that we have can actually provide an opportunity or have positive possibilities during this time, then I think it would behoove you to do that. It would actually be irresponsible for you not to share how the solution you have is actually something that could support them during this time, right? And very similarly, I mean, we launched SPI Pro, our membership community, mid-2020, similar to you and your membership, and we've been seeing a lot of the same stuff. Like, everybody wants to hang out with other weird people like them, you know? Like, we're business entrepreneurs, we're weird, and all these people are now in SPI Pro. Artists, often are weird, but hey, we could all be weird together here. Sports people, they don't have sports now, but they're hanging out in other groups and communities online and different places too. I mean, that's just what we're creating. And when you step up to create that and facilitate that, that's awesome. But I think in regards to COVID, like you said, it's here, it's unfortunate, but let's make the best of it together, right? I think that's great advice. And it's it's helpful to acknowledge it. It's not the elephant in the room. We all know it's here. And I love what you're saying about the the community that we're providing for people. Yeah, and I think empathy is just the big thing. Like, what are people thinking? And let's let's just have an honest discussion about it. You know, and there's some people who have come and said, you know what, COVID's crazy, I can't afford your courses right now. And it's just like, you know what, well, these courses aren't going anywhere here. Some free things that can help you right now and get you going. And, you know, maybe down the road, it, it might make sense. And, you know, in every once in a while, there's some special circumstances where a person's really having a tough time and then we might help them out a little bit. But, in most cases, people do appreciate that there's no pressure right now and, and they obviously have some things to take care of, but we're going to be here when they need us kind of situation. So yeah, I think you're asking all the right questions. I'm really excited, Margie, for the future of your brand and your business and this partnership that you have. I'm really excited. What's the name of the podcast one more time, just in case it's live at the time people listen to this and they can go check it out? Yes, it's Real Talk About Creativity. 
Real Talk About Creativity. Thank you. And then one more time, the URL to your homepage. It's margiekemper.com. M-A-R-J-I-E-K-E-M-P-E-R.com. Excellent. Well, this was amazing, Margie. Thank you so much for coming in today and asking great questions. I hope this helps the listeners too. I'm sure it will. And I look forward to connecting with you again to seeing how it all turns out. Thank you so much, Pat. I really appreciate your time. Yours as well. All right, I hope you enjoyed that coaching call with Margie. Again, you can find her and her website and hopefully her podcast soon at margiekemper.com, M-A-R-J-I-E-K-E-M-P-E-R. And I wanna thank you again for listening. Seriously, we're here at the start of the new year and I'm just incredibly grateful for you and your time and attention. That means so much to me. And, and if you happen to leave a review, that's just a bonus. You don't have to, but it is very, very valuable. It helps out the show, it helps us out on the team. And it means a lot. So thank you in advance for any reviews that come in. We get them every single week and we appreciate them so, so much. And I just can't wait until the next episode. And I hope that you can either. We also this year, if you hadn't heard already, we're gonna come up with these Where Are They Now episodes, which we usually wait till the end of the year to do. We're gonna do them at the end of each month. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss those so you can see the progress that people like Margie are making when they take action. And hopefully this encourages you to take action. And speaking of taking action, if you'd also like to potentially get coached here on the show, here on Ask Pat, all you have to do is go to askpat.com. You can just click on the application button and send in your info and I may select you. I, I might not. There's a lot of people, but you know it's not gonna happen unless you do it. So askpat.com. Plus you can listen to and check out the archive of other episodes there too. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming in today. I appreciate you. And we'll talk soon. Peace out. Cheers. Team Flynn for the win. All the good things. I'm just saying all the things I usually say. Anyway, take care. Crush the day. You got it. Hey there. Thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, The Smart Passive Income Podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.